This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets put in a tough week this week with July wheat in Minneapolis down 98 and three quarter cents from Friday to Friday. September was down 99 and a half. Chicago July wheat down a dollar 10 and a half. Kansas City July, was, July wheat was down a dollar 12 and a half. The July corn down 34 and a quarter cents for the week. December corn ended 57 cents lower on the week. July soybeans were down 91 and a quarter cents, and November soybeans were down a dollar 13 and a quarter cents on the week. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the corn and soybean markets did try to bounce back on Friday. But the wheat market struggled. In a four-day uh, shortened week here, uh, from the top to the bottom that we had, uh, we moved almost 94 cents on these corn. We moved about $2.18 on soybeans. And in a, uh, just over a month, we moved down about $2.60 on wheat. So we've taken an awful lot of risk premium out of the market. And I think to end the week, we are at some uh, evening up ahead of the uh, acre stocks report next Thursday on corn and soybeans. RML Trading President Bob Liebachan says it was a nasty week. We came in after the holiday on Monday, uh, started off Monday night, basically steadied the lower gap down, and then we've just been relentless. Uh, some of the weather forecasts turned a little more favorable, and then some concern about uh, world economics, uh, slowing economies due to uh, inflation and higher fuel costs and everything else to go along with that type of thing and maybe hurting demand. Utterback marketing president Bob Utterback thinks traders maybe got a little too aggressive and uh, pulled back on their positions. We got a little aggressive buying anticipation of some dry weather forecast coming into this week. While we're getting the heat, the weather forecast has mitigated a little and put a little more moisture in and not as much heat and that's Taking some of the um, steam out of the bulls uh, rally, and then we come in here Tuesday. Uh, the stock market uh, has got its volatility. Everybody's getting more concerned about the inflation. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo thinks the grain market is also starting to transition away from an inflationary fear rally. From the bearish inflationary traders who were long pulling the plug on positions, and I you know, really put this at the feet mostly of the Federal Reserve because the chairman of the Federal Reserve spoke to both the Senate and the House this week, two different days, two different bodies of legislature, and I think we're really now kind of nearing a completion of liquidation in key commodities. And while the grain market saw extremely volatile week, progressive ag marketing market analyst Brian Strumman said the livestock market really didn't do a whole lot of anything. Uh, you know, the cash market was down a couple of bucks and larger stocks and cold storage may be limiting the upside in addition to uh, consumer demand issues that, that continue to be talked about. Uh, the feeder cattle sharply lower today, uh, again, with the, the strength in the corn market. AgriSample North America market analyst Sterling Smith says high beef prices are impacting the cattle futures market. The feeder cattle kind of work like an inverse to the grain prices and they're moving up. But what I think we need to note about the feeder prices 174, 174, 100 weight, dollar 75 a pound. Those are weighty and high prices for feeders. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Farming can be a frustrating business at times. Even when commodity prices are looking pretty good, 
a storm can roll through and ruin your ability to make a profit. Thankfully, you can protect yourself with a hail insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Our insurance specialists will work with you to find the right coverage for your acres. To get started, turn to the experts in every field by contacting your local Egg Country office. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging, talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors here in North Harvest and wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235. Brought to you by SRS Commodities, North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, and BASF, your partner for better dry bean solutions. With a look at this week in news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. President Biden wants to suspend the federal gasoline and diesel fuel taxes for three months. The plan is to eliminate the federal gas tax of 18.4 cents per gallon and 24.4 cents per gallon for diesel through September. This would cost $10 billion, but Biden wants to offset the loss of highway revenue. The measure needs congressional approval, which is not guaranteed. The Russell Group president, Randy Russell, says the federal gas tax suspension is not likely to get much support in Congress. I don't think it's going to be warmly received by the House and Senate. There are key Democrats that have been critical of the proposal. There recently or historically, uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, has deadpanned it in the past. Uh, former President Obama back in 2008 called it a gimmick. I think it's got a very uh, steep road ahead. The Biden administration touted the benefits of the infrastructure bill passed and signed into law last year. But Russell says the major way that infrastructure bill is paid for is through the Highway Trust Fund. That's funded by the gas tax. The overabundance of renewable diesel plants scheduled to come online in the next three years will not be enough to offset the loss of petroleum diesel refinery capacity from plant closings since 2019. According to Reuters, diesel production capacity dropped 180,000 barrels per day since 2019. Even with new plants being built, the expected capacity of the renewable diesel industry is forecast at 135,000 barrels per day by 2025. The first phase of the Ag Innovation Campus in Crookston, Minnesota is making progress. Panels are going up for a processing plant this week and construction will continue all summer. Here's Ag Innovation Board Chairman and Beltrami, Minnesota farmer Mike Skaug. Wells is uh, assembling the uh, building for the processing. That building is uh, like 65 feet wide by 250 feet long to accommodate the uh, processing equipment and the sidewalls are like 30 feet. So it's a pretty big building and uh going together now as we talk. This is the first phase of a three-phase project. The estimated completion for this first phase is next summer. Fufang Group Chief Operating Officer Eric Chuterash says the corn plant that's planned for Grand Forks, North Dakota is progressing. We've uh, finalized our uh, development agreement with the city. We've acquired the land. We've rezoned. It's been annexed, so kind of moving along according to the schedule and now uh, going to the execution kind of phases of the development agreement with uh, the different permits and utility agreements. Uh, we're focused on getting the um, air permits submitted and then that's really with the state and then with the, the city we're focused on getting the site plan and 
start working with the construction plan. The plan is to break ground before the end of the year. Farmland prices increased nearly 11 percent in North Dakota in the last year. Agricultural Economics Insights partner Brent Gloy thinks there will be an increase in rental rates for farmland again. Now the land market is driven primarily by farm incomes and interest rates. Now there the story is a little bit more nuanced because farm incomes are up and, and the outlook is pretty favorable. On the interest rate side though, they're also going up and that's going to be a bit of a headwind, but I don't think it's going to be enough to really slow the farmland market down. Inflation, high commodity prices and rising input costs all play a role in farmland prices. Gloy was part of the 2022 South Dakota Governor's Ag Summit that happened in Brookings, South Dakota this week. The Senate Agriculture Committee marked up and approved the Cattle Price Transparency Act of 2022 and the Meat and Poultry Special Investigator Act this week. Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow voted in favor of both the bills, but Ranking Member John Bozeman did not. Those bills will now be considered by the full Senate. There is growing potential for more containerized shipments of ag commodities out of the Port of Duluth Superior. Be sure to check out that story and more from our coverage of the Northern Crops Institute tour from earlier this week. That's a look at this weekend news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Weeds. Disease markets. If you grow dry beans, Weeds. you're dealing with Weeds. crop management pressures markets. all season long. Weeds. And while you're Weeds. tough enough to handle the pressure, markets. your dry beans aren't. Weeds. That's why there's BASF. Markets. Our dry bean crop Weeds. protection solutions relieve the pressure with better control start to finish. Contact your BASF retailer for better dry bean solutions all season long. Providing play-by-play -play for the business of agriculture. The Red River Farm Network. Informa came out this morning with their acreage estimates. Uh, they are actually looking at corn acres increasing. Kind of taking a breather this week. This week it doesn't really want to explode because we're at a very high level. And the market's waiting for these acreage reports. Numbers are available anywhere. But when you want to know why the market is moving up or down, agriculture's first choice is the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Severe weather remains in the forecast for this weekend. Grand Forks National Weather Service meteorologist Austin Perot says there's a chance of thunderstorms tonight. So the big story today obviously is going to be the severe weather potential across much of the area. Um, we've had some ongoing thunderstorms progressing through northwest Minnesota this morning. That has dropped ping pong ball to hen egg sized hail at times. Um, that's going to be pushing out here in the, through the late morning hours, but we do have some additional thunderstorms that are expected to, to develop later this morning into the early afternoon hours and also into late afternoon hours and those are initially we're going to get these like isolated cells that crop up here and there wherever the strongest forcing is this afternoon um, but as time's going to go on we're going to start getting into more of a line of thunderstorms that's going to sweep through the area. Perot recommends being on the lookout for tornadoes and high winds. The biggest concerns for with from those storms initially um, when you have those isolated storms our biggest concern is going to be kind of hail damaging wind gusts and the potential for an isolated tornado or two and then as we get um, those those thunderstorms congealing into one singular line we're going to be more concerned about that damaging wind threat 
and we are concerned about getting winds of up to 70 to 80 miles per hour this afternoon. For afterwards, this weekend, it's going to be much quieter, and we're going to be a bit cooler than normal this weekend, so it's going to be much quieter <laughs> after today and tonight. Over 2,000 deaths of cattle have been confirmed in southern states. After a combination of high temperature and humidity proved disastrous, USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says there were record high temperatures earlier this week. I looked at one of the oldest weather stations in North America, Dodge City, Kansas, in the southwestern part of the state, not too far where some of the mass casualty events for livestock occurred. And it had been a relatively cool month up through the 9th. In fact, Dodge City was in the mid-40s as recently as June 2nd. But if you move forward and we get into the June 11th through the 14th time period, we saw four consecutive days of triple-digit heat. Rippey says the cattle weren't able to cool off overnight either. But what really caught my eye were the overnight low temperatures, especially on June 13th, when we saw Dodge City reporting an overnight low temperature of 83 degrees. That is absolutely unheard of for this part of the country. In fact, going back almost 150 years, that is the highest overnight low temperature we have ever seen in Dodge City, Kansas. So truly unprecedented overnight heat combined with those stifling conditions, high humidity, no wind. And there is just no opportunity for cooling, and that appears is what caused the mass casualty event for livestock. In the Valley City area, Darren Anderson just finished planting earlier this week. Anderson says crop maturities are all over the board. Yeah, but my dad and I were just talking about what needs to get sprayed, and you know we've got some early planted corn and some late planted corn, and same with the wheat and same with the beans. But we got beans that are, you know, have a full trifoliate and putting on their second, and we have beans that are just going to pop out of the ground here in the next couple of days. So it's 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 going to be a challenging year for keeping the spraying, uh, the, the sprayer cleaned out and, and on the right crop at the right stage. Recent rains in the north-central part of the state leave no time for fields to dry out. Carrington, North Dakota farmer Kayla Rosenau says seed availability for prevent plant ground could be a challenge. No, we've got a short amount of time to make some decisions, and I think we're leaning towards the hay. But once again, I think it's more of, what we can find for seed, too. I know getting some stuff from Agassi Seed, that's our usual supplier that they go through. It's, it's going to be kind of tough to find the way more sedan and sorghum grass that they're used to selling up here. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. From BASF, here's Ryan Casavan with more about long-lasting, proven Endura fungicide. Endura fungicide controls white mold in dry beans and soybeans. White mold can reduce your yields by 50%. Protecting your crop is very important. Apply Endura midsummer when rows begin to close for the most proven white mold suppression on the market. Improve your bottom line with Endura fungicide. Remember to always read and follow label directions. Be listening for the Sugar Bee Report Thursdays at 1235 on most of these Red River Farm Network stations. Each week, we'll talk with industry representatives, agronomists, and extension specialists to get the latest update on the Sugar Beet crop. The Sugar Beet Report, Thursdays at 1235. Brought to you by Amity Technology, Regev from Summit Agro, H&S Manufacturing, and Sess Vanderhoff. The Red River Farm Network, we're reporting agriculture's business.